So the snippet series is generously sponsored by the Saka family in memory of Joseph Saka. We begin the next sentence of the Birchaz Krishma. We are coming up on the Amida Ezras Avoseinu and again, the brachas after Shema for many seem to blend together. For too many, they are lost as simply the bridge between Shema, which we gear up for, Daraisa, biblically mandated and obligated, and the Amidah, we stand before Hashem, pouring out our supplications and our requests. But what comes in between, as we've been studying, is so rich, so beautiful, and so uh, such an opportunity. In fact, Rav Pincus writes that this sentence is the transition to the Amida. We're about to stand before Hashem and ask Him for all that we need. We're about to turn to Him to be our answer, to be our solution. But how do we know? How do we know that He is capable and how do we know that we are worthy? How do we know that we, in fact, that He will, that we've earned and that He will, in fact, come through for us in the ways that we need? So if Pincus writes in his commentary in the Siddur, that's why we first say, Ezra's avoseinu, Atahu, HaKadosh Baruch you came through for our ancestors and you'll come through for us. You're a Magen and a Moshiach, Levnei Macharem, we, the progeny, we, the children and the offspring of those for whom you came through, you'll come through for us, whether we're worthy or not worthy. Ezra Savoseinu, you love us and you will save us and you will be there for us. And therefore we gear up and we take those three steps forward for the Amida and we turn to Hashem and we say, we need you. We're lost without you. We rely on you. Even if we feel unworthy and inadequate, we piggyback and we rely on those who came before. And the same way Hashem came through for them, He'll come through for us. The Rishis Chachma writes something very powerful. He says that the Vada love. He said, when you say this this paragraph, Ezra Savusenu, when you say it with great kavana. And when you say it, not commits us a you don't say it as a creature of habit. You don't just simply say it by rote. But a person is mindful and present and thinking about the words they're saying. It will awaken and arouse our hearts, a longing and a love for Hashem. We'll want to be dovic, we'll want to cling to Hashem. And the more that we reach out and attach ourselves, the more that we submit and surrender to Him, the more HaKadosh Baruch Hu will be there for us. So this is a critical part of davening, that as I said, even though for too many, it's just a bridge, a transition, people are already getting up, putting their tzitzes down, deciding the three steps back, gearing up for the Amida. don't forfeit these words. They're precious, precious words, and they're critically important words. Svarim, a quote, a tradition from Rav Tzukerman, Rav Mordechai Tzukerman. He lived in Geula, he's one of the last Talmidim of the Chavetz Chaim. He once took a mission of teens, Brody and I, from the shul, this goes back many years, and we went to meet with Rav Zuckerman, and he told the teens of our community incredible first-hand stories of the Chavetz Chaim. He learned in Raden, and he shared personal stories from the Chavetz Chaim. So Rav Zuckerman was once asked, if a person needs siyata d'shmaya, if a person feels they're in a bind, they're in a situation, they're confronting a challenge, and they need divine assistance, divine intervention, they need siyata d'shmaya, which part of davening should they have kavana for? Of course, the answer is all of it, from the beginning to the end. But is there a sentence? Is there a paragraph? Is there a part of davening that stands out that one should specifically have kavana for? And he answered, Ezra's avoseinu. This sentence, this paragraph, it's not the Shema that comes before, though of course there are halachic requirements for kavana with Shema, and the Amidah, of which there are halachic requirements, particularly for the opening of Amidah. 
But he said, this sense, Ezra's Avoseinu Atahu Akurish Baruchu, if we have to characterize you and qualify you, if we have to sort of condense who you are, you're Ezra's Avoseinu, you are the Savior, you're the help of our forefathers, of our ancestors, and for us as well, forever. We too should merit. The Rakeach writes that from Ezra's Avoseinu until God Yisrael, there are 172 Tevos. They correspond with the 10 Dibros that also have 172. And similarly, there are 172 from Bereshus until Yom Hashishi. And the message, writes the Rokeach, is that if a person observes the 10 Dibros correctly, in your merit, Bereshus, in our merit of observing Aseris, uh, the, uh, the Dibros, Kodesh Baruch Hu sustains and holds the world. And listen to what he writes. Misha Omer also, the Kavanas Libo, person who says Ezra Avoseinu with Kavana, simple mindfulness, just be present, just think about what you're saying, translate the words. What an important, important part of davening to not allow it to escape. So the question is, why do our forefathers get Ezra, get Azara? Why do they get help? Ezra's Avoseinu. And the Bnei Macharem, we the children who come after them, what do we qualify for? Ezra's Avoseinu, but Hashem is a Moshiach of Nehem. He's a Magin and a Moshiach. So what's the difference between Ezra's Avoseinu being an Azara? What's the difference between being Ezra, being a help, and being a Magin, a shield, and being a Moshiach, a savior, and why the different generations qualify for different intervention or providence from Hashem, we'll pick up with next time.